Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Freaking first cut. Golly! Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your Friday recap for this week's Masters. Joining me to break it all down, Greg Ducharme is here. Hello, Greg. We have a lot to talk about. Yeah, we have a lot to talk about. Now, Friday for a major championship, Rick, there's typically a, a lot of storylines, um, but this one's a little unique for a variety of reasons, so I'm looking forward to diving in. Well, here is where we stand on this Friday. Round two has not been entirely completed. 40 or so golfers still out there on the course, some as many as nine or 10 holes to play. We dealt with uh, two different stoppages on Friday. One was very short, 21 minutes, in which there was just rain and I suppose a little bit of electricity in the area. But the big one came later in the day and what ended up being a, a pretty scary scene out there greg right by 17t three trees came down these are these massive i think they're pines right these are just massive massive trees that fell right right by 16 green 17t um somehow and luckily no one was injured in this but uh, just a few minutes later, they they blow the horn and and um, we're done for the day. Yeah, that was uh, a, a, an incredibly surprising scene. I, I can't remember ever seeing anything like that. Perhaps limbs or something have, have fallen. But to see an entire pine tree fall like that um, you know, into the field of play yeah. with that many spe- with that many patrons around, uh, it's a, it's a miracle that nobody got hurt. Um, and, and you see the, when you watch that video in real time to see the speed at which they fall is, um, is pretty scary. Yeah. The impact on the ground is like, is is jarring. So, um, just incredible, an incredible scene there. So, um, with, with that and the rain and the weather and everything that's rolling through the, uh, Augusta national decided to, to suspend for the rest of the day. So just here, I'll just read you the statement while I have it here. So it says Augusta national golf club can confirm that no injuries were reported from three trees that were blown over to the left of number 17 due to wind, the safety and well-being of everyone attending the Masters tournament will always be the top priority of the club, which will continue to closely monitor the weather today and through the tournament. Here's the rest. The second round has been officially suspended for the rest of the day and play will resume Saturday morning at 8 a.m. Eastern. Okay, so what that means, Greg, is that those guys that came off the golf course on Friday evening are going right back out at 8 a.m. Eastern. Do you want me to tell you the forecast for tomorrow? (laughs) I have it right here. Correct me if I'm wrong. Okay. Uh, Okay, so at 8 o'clock, 50 degrees. 98% chance of rain. Right. Um, Wind out of the Northeast at about 11 miles an hour. And this is one of those days you go through the hour by hour and it basically doesn't change for the entire day. Right. You're talking about maybe if the weather, if the temperature does anything, it drops to 48. Um, If the wind does anything, it picks up to 15 miles an hour. But one thing is for sure. It's rain. And it's, um, you know, somewhere above 90% chance of rain all day long. This has been the forecast for a week. We, we, we knew this Saturday was coming. We, 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 it has not changed. The other thing is you mentioned it, but I'll point it out again. It was 85 degrees at, at the masters today. It'll be maybe 45 or 50 degrees on Saturday morning. So it, I mean, what you thought the golf course was playing like for the first two days is going to be a completely different story if they do play golf on Saturday. You know, the the one thing that um, 
I, I would say surprised me about the forecast heading into the week. I expected there to be a period of time today where there was play in some bad weather. And it, we really only, it was really only a couple of holes where the wind started to pick up, yeah. but for the most part, it was benign for everybody. And then all of a sudden it's, it's storming and we have to stop play. So it, it really kept for a long period of time, it kept conditions relatively similar, relatively similar for, uh, for everybody. Now the real disadvantage is those players like John Rahm, who's in second place right now, like Victor Hovland, who's in seventh place right now, or I'm sorry, at, uh, who's at six under just a couple shots back. This is a real disadvantage for those players near the top who have, um, you know, nine or ten more holes to go. Yeah, we uh, we're obviously going to talk a lot about these. Go- we have a lot. We have a lot. We'll be here a while, but we're going to talk about these players. But uh, one of the things that you and I were talking about before we started this is okay. Let's let's game this out a little bit, right? So let's assume they tee off tomorrow morning, Saturday morning, eight a.m. Eastern, as anticipated, and they finish round two and immediately flip this around into round three. Now, if it's if it's quote unquote just rain, Greg. I guess they're just going to keep playing through it. We know they've got the sub air system rocking at Augusta national. We know they've got great drainage, but like they're just going to play 27 holes in the rain tomorrow. Yeah. I mean, I, it seems like that's the plan with the 8 AM start. uh, And, and the Sunday forecast is really nice. So perhaps they can just play 27 holes in the rain. Most guys only have to play 18 holes in the rain. Uh, especially most of the guys near the top of the leaderboard seem to be done um, at least a, a large number of them. So yes, that's a possibility, but I mean, you're the, the forecast initially was two and a half inches of rain yeah. um, in a day. That's a lot for a piece of property to take on, even with all the slopes and, and the excellent drainage and, you know, the, the absolute best maintenance uh, and, and the best maintained facility in the world. Um, it's a lot of rain to take in in a day. And, and with the scene that we had at the end of the day today, I wonder if they'll be a little more cautious with patrons, uh, yeah. with situations like that, which I hadn't even thought of at the beginning of the week. Um, so look, that's where's the, where's the line where, okay, we're, are we going to just play nine holes tomorrow morning and then call it quits? Do you have to see how it kind of plays out? Is there a point where we just say, this is, this is no good. <laughs> So what's the line? We were talking about this. I I don't think this is what will happen, but I think if we just wanted to have an absolute, like the most fair thing to do in terms of keeping the uh, competition as fair as possible, which you could argue, but I think the most fair thing to do is have these guys finish round two on Saturday and play 36 holes on Sunday. The weather forecast seems like it would permit much that. better. Much, right. Sunday is basically 65 and sunny. Right. And again, by the time you get to that second 18 holes on Sunday, you get a golf course that's drying out a little bit. I mean, that could be, that could be some real fun. Um, I, I don't know if, that's how I don't know if that's how it's going to work. I'm I am almost certain that is not how it's going to work. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I do think they're going to play as much as they can tomorrow. Me too. And and the only way that it stops down, in my opinion, um, well, electricity obviously would be one that's not in the forecast. But the only way it stops down is if you start getting puddling on on the greens, if it's just too much, too much rain, which I suppose could happen later in the day. Um, so perhaps, I mean, there's a possibility of that happening. And the thing with this is it only takes puddling on one green, right? Right. Once you get puddling on one green, you got to stop playing. And it, it doesn't even matter where the whole location is. Correct. So they typically will, Augusta National does a great job of this when it, when they're expecting rain, when, uh, the greens are extra receptive, they put whole locations in really high areas. Uh, to and, and that's a way to help preserve the green. Those areas dry out the quickest and they remain the firmest so that you, you get less damage around the hole from players walking, things like that. But if you get a puddle in a low area on a green um, it, and somebody has to putt through it, for instance, it becomes unfair. So you, that's when you'd have to stop down. Now, is that a stop down for the rest of the day? Um, is that a quick squeegee and 
you know, we're off and running. That's kind of difficult to predict. Very difficult to predict. We are entering a little bit of uncharted territories. Okay, let's talk about the action up to this point. And there is a guy at the top of the leaderboard who is laughing and laughing and laughing. He's back at his house somewhere in Augusta, Georgia, saying, wow, I went 65, 67, and you guys are playing in this muck and the mess and everything else that comes with it. And, of course, I'm talking about Brooks Kepka, who followed up his Thursday 65 with Greg, an absolutely clinical bogey free 67 where Brooks looked like Brooks. Yes. Um, now, a couple things here. One, my favorite aspect of the Masters is having the ability to go back and watch the tapes. Oh, my God. Right? I, I encourage every go back and watch every shot that Brooks Kepka has hit in the last two days. It, it's the blueprint of how to play this golf course. Yes. Um, so the reason I say that I, well, I watched his tape from Thursday, uh, the, every, every single shot that he hit and it, he only hit one chip shot the whole day on number five. And it, um, it was a little too hard, but it hit the hole. And so he ended up making par there, but heading into today's round, I was worried if we were going to get a little win, maybe towards the tail end of his round, uh, if he lost it with the golf swing for a moment or for a stretch, during this round, would his short game shine through? Because Thursday's round, it looked like Brooks in 2019 at Beth Page Black. Um, yeah, sure, he shot seven under, which was the same score, but it was the dominance with the iron play. Every single, every single hole, he had a great look for birdie. Uh, and then you fast. So that's the thing I was watching for. The litmus test for me was what happens if Brooks misses a few greens, ends up having to scramble. Is where is his game? We have we haven't seen that. We don't know. Well, at number one today, he uh, gets up and down from short right of one, which is an unbelievable slope if you've never seen it. With that whole location up on the back right, gets that up and down. At two, he gets up and down from the right bunker where he has to go all the way across that green to the back left hole location. Gets that up and down. At three, chips it over the green after his tee shot gets it up and down from behind the green, making like a 10 footer. And then at four, he gets up and down from the uh, front edge of the green on, on the front fringe there. So it was four one putts in, in those first four holes. And I said, okay, this is, this is the real deal. This is a, com this is now, now I've seen the, the completeness of this game. You know what I love seeing on, on Friday. So if we had, um, so we have a scorecard up on, on YouTube, but he made, Three birdies and an eagle. They were all on the par fives. And he made 14 pars on the other holes. He destroyed the fives, played every other hole at even par. That is That for a long time was the tiger recipe. Right? Yes. Destroy the fives, survive the rest, and pile up trophies. Um, 68 is a pretty good score around here. Yeah. Um, and you think about, and I'm not saying that th there's an irony to this. I'm not saying this to poke any fun, but um, this is where the, where Bryson's line of it's a par 67 comes from, because right. the idea is the concept is, well, you take advantage of the par fives. I can reach them all. So I'm going to hit iron into all of them. So those are like long par four. I make fours there uh, and I can drive number three. So I make three there. I got 67. But what you find out is, well, the other 14 holes are no, <laughs> no joke. Uh, and it's not always easy to just make all, all birdies and, and eagles on the par fives. Uh, but you're right, Rick. That's the recipe. This is how you play the golf course uh, in theory. And it's really cool to see it when it comes to life. Obviously, the big thing here for Brooks, seemingly the difference between this year and previous years at the Masters is health. Um, he seems healthy for the first time in a while. He actually made a comment yesterday, something to the effect of, you know, if I have been this healthy and playing this well, it would have made my decision to go to live a lot more difficult. And we're getting a healthy Brooks Kepka four-time major champion who is still a problem for the rest of the field. Yes. Um, and the, the live aspect of this is, you know, perhaps a little bit awkward, but, but just to keep it to the game of golf here, um, 
if if regardless of what tour Brooks is on, we would be looking at a very similar situation, right? Consider what we saw in full swing. This is a guy that's injured, a guy that's out of form, a guy that's struggling with his game, who's all of a sudden healthy. Uh, and if if he was playing limited reps because of injury and all of a sudden started to feel healthy, this is what you'd get. So in, in a way, the limited reps that he's had may have helped him rehab, uh, may have helped him actually get healthy uh, with less temptation to try to play. I mean, he this is the PGA Tour players haven't had an offseason in a long yeah. time. And, and now there's a there's a real uh, offseason for him. And and the P- players on the PGA Tour, the top players on the PGA Tour will have an offseason too. It just hasn't happened yet. Yeah, you got to think that those those five months essentially of the offseason from last season to this season certainly went a long way for Brooks, who won Live Golf Orlando last week and now obviously the front runner here through two rounds at the Masters. He's at 12 under, Greg. Um, the next guy in the clubhouse is at eight under. We'll talk about him in a second, but John Rahm is three shots back and still out on the golf course. So he has finished hole nine and he yeah. has hit, uh, let's see, he has hit two shots on 10. So he's hit his approach shot into 10 and he has, I'm literally watching it as we go through. It's like he's got like what? 40 feet. He's yeah. in like the back center of the green. That's exactly right. Back center of the green for John Rom for birdie. And uh, you know, the horn blows just as he starts getting, getting going here. Birdie's on eight and nine. He parred each of his first seven. Obviously we remember, uh, the, the big mistake out of the gate on Thursday with the double bogey, the four, the four jacks there, but otherwise he has been, uh, splendid this week. You know, um, he, I, I said that Brooks on Thursday hit one chip shot. Well, John Rom didn't hit any. On Thursday, it was, it was zero. He missed one green, and it was by an inch on seven, and he made the putt. <laughs> I, I think he hit. I think he hit every fairway and missed one green by one inch. Yes, he <laughs> he he did. So it was ridiculous. Now he comes out today, and he misses the green at number one in a spot you should not miss the green at number one. And he misses long right. That's typically uh, that spot is dead. Uh, nobody gets up and down from there. Uh, now it's a little bit softer. So that, that has helped player. I've noticed this week players in general have gotten up and down from some spots that are typically big, no, no zones. Um, but he played still a brilliant shot to, to get up and down there at one. Um, and he did the same thing at number six, which ends up coming up short, uh, which is a big, no, no. He gave a big expletive after that uh, and I, got I that heard, one. Up and down I heard too. that one, baby. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The mics, the mics caught that one. Oh yeah. <laughs> Which was unintentional. Um, and then, and this round really turned around with uh, some good breaks off of eight and nine. He missed both those tee shots out to the right and ends up making birdie on both those holes. So um, that those two birdies, I think were really, they're really big now, especially because it, it knowing what he's going to have to play through tomorrow. Um, and you could even see it at 10. I mean, you just watched it, Rick, that the shot that he hit on 10 into that green was stopping for most players through the day. And because of that little extra bit of moisture on the greens there, um, it, it didn't check at all for him. It just released, which, which is, you know, we'll see what happens heading into tomorrow, but that's part of playing golf in the rain. Um, so he'll have basically two putts, hopefully, and and eight holes. And if he can play those in even par, I think he's within he's within uh, touch, he's within reach of of John Rom being three back. Yeah, I mean, listen, uh, it, of, of Kepka. Sorry, if 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 Kepka just shoots another 65 and 67 he's going to run away with this i have a feeling this will tighten at some point like if brooks kepka makes mo- no mistakes he he deserves to win and nobody's going to catch him but i i do imagine that at some point um this thing will get a little bit closer and, and rom is there to be the biggest the biggest beneficiary um a guy who will not receive a check this week no matter how he finishes greg is putting on a show sam bennett the amateur who is our reigning u.s amateur champion and he is this is not a typo uh he is currently in solo third with back-to-back 68 and he is absolutely 
vibing around this place right now. He made five birdies on Friday, only one blemish on the card. It came on number four, the par three. Th- this kid's this kid's pretty impressive right now. Uh, yeah, legit. And again, that bogey is o- his only bogey of the week so far. And um, many a legend has walked through number four with a with a four on the card. It's it's really not a bad score on that hole. Um, so Sam Bennett, I think, has played the the way that he has played is typically not what you see out of uh, out of rookies, masters, rookies, or debutantes, if you will. Um, it, he has kept the ball under the hole. He said that in a number of press conferences, and when you go back and watch the tapes. This has been stress-free golf. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's not like Kepka, where it seems like every shot's coming down right on the flag, but every shot's coming down in the proper place. Uh, and and it, he's made it look really easy in a way. Um, the other thing that has really stood out to me is his pace on the greens. Uh, he's had a couple of longer putts that he's left short. And when I say short, I mean inches short. Um, but for the most part, Every putt he's hit has had a real chance. It's had a, a nice, aggressive holding speed without being reckless. So, yeah, um, pretty pretty sweet watching him play this place. Yeah, he talked a lot about keeping the ball below the hole. He also talked about just, like, not making bogeys. He's like, my main objective every time I tee it up, I don't care where it is, is to not make any bogeys. And he's done a pretty good job of that thus far. He made one on Friday and zero on Thursday. So Sam Bennett has got himself in a great position to be in Butler cab. Maybe he'll be the only guy in Butler cabin on Sunday night. Oh, I, you know, it's uh, hard to imagine that with, with all these other big guns around, but (laughs) Look, he's he's four off the lead. Would would he's that be as well as anybody? Where would okay? Let's let's play this game. Sam Bennett wins the Masters. Um, where would that rank in terms of like all time great sporting moments? Oh man, I mean, better better or worse than Miracle on Ice? Who? Well, that that one is really it. Really hits home for me because it's. Mm-hmm probably my favorite sporting moment of all time. You had, uh, you know, a, a political element in that as well. Also amateurs versus pros. So I would probably say, but I don't know in today's day and age, this is, this would be crazy. The professional golf is so good right now. It's so good. I I would be stunned. I, Rick, I, I don't even know where I could honestly rank it. I would just be guessing. And amateur. An amateur has never won the Masters. I, I love the connection to the greatest amateur of all time, right, Bobby? Bobby. Jones, yes. Right. Um, and if he were to, I mean, it, I know there's there's not many soft leaderboards you get at major championships, but this is like as deep as it gets when it's Kepka, Rob Morikawa, Hovland, Day, Burns, Spieth, Young, Woodland, Mickelson, Ne. Like rattle them off, baby. He yeah. All those guys. It would be. Yeah, I don't know where it would rank either. I'd have to see like a list of like the great, but it was Be- better it than would, we met at at the country club. I don't know. I mean, I I guess probably because I, I think so because he was a young athletic kid. I mean, like listen, that era. Obviously, there were great golfers in that era, but there it was not nearly the the, the depth that there is right now. No. Um, and as much as I love, I mean, I bought into all the Francis, we met stuff when we were at the country, like I was all in on that, but like, this would be better. <laughs> it, it would be just because of the, just because of the time period. Yeah. And it, it's also the masters. It's also the masters. That's right. Right. All right. Um, we're going to continue this conversation. We got a lot more to chat about, but first we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners and we're back. Okay. Let's go down and talk about. I don't want to say, okay, I'll say disappointments. We'll start with Rory McIlroy. Um, mm. Rory will not be around for the weekend. Doesn't matter what happens. I mean, I guess, I guess, I don't know. Is there, I don't even know if there's a mathematical possibility. He would need a miracle and then another miracle to get, um, to get his, his five on five overs in. It's not going to happen. It was a 77 on Friday. Um, I was going through the shots, Greg, it, I don't know what went wrong for Rory. I just like nothing went right. It was truly bizarre. You know, um, I went through the shots too in both of his rounds. 
it was pretty clear in round one he had a left miss going on uh, and he and he was coming up short with you know short game shots uh, and some putts and those are signs of nerves to me so when when Rory McIlroy a drawer of the golf ball gets nervous a little tight with the swing the tendency will be to miss it to the left when Rory's really freed up and feeling aggressive the tendency will be to leave it out to the right. Um, so you saw the left miss yesterday. Today you saw some left misses, some right misses. Uh, you saw some shots, some wet shots went go long. You saw some go short. You saw some bad breaks. You saw some great shots. I think he looks like he's swinging really well, but it just he just could not get the ball in the right spot. I don't. I, I'm trying so desperately to figure it out to pinpoint something. Um, is there a flaw somewhere in his game that is holding him back? And I, I mean, I can't say that there is maybe the one thing I would say when you watch his shots and you watch guys near the top of the leaderboard, the guys near the top of the leaderboard are playing from the fairway more often than him. Uh, they're they're in the middle of the fairway all day. Um, Rory's in the, in the pine straw too much, but, that's not every round. So I, 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 I can't put my finger on it, Rick. It's, it's like there are really ghosts here. It's amazing to watch the, the shots of, uh, you know, a Kepka or a Rom or even somebody like Hovland, who's had a little more, you know, a little more uh, volatility. hasn't played as perfect as Kepka. You watch these guys near the top and you watch Rory and it, it's, it's surprising. I don't get it. I I don't I think the easy way out is to say that it's the mentals and just something is not uh, not working for him here knowing his place in history and all that stuff. That's the easy thing, but I don't have I don't have another I don't have anything else. I mean there's just it just doesn't doesn't make sense. It's you know and I I I go back and think about this too. Like you, you watch Tiger right now play this golf course, and Tiger's played really poorly, even for his own standards, uh, and he's beating Rory by three. Um, and if and if Tiger continued to play today's round, my guess would be uh, he would shoot one over for the first two rounds. I think Tiger had another. I think Tiger was going to finish that round today one under. Uh, so, you know, by the end of the two rounds, he's he's beaten up on Rory pretty good. Why is a hobbled tiger who can barely move around um, play? Why does he play this golf course better than Rory, who's 30 years old and great, you know, thir- or what, whatever, 34 years old and great physical condition, swinging as fluidly as anybody um, able to hit all of the shots? What what's the difference? What does Rory not know? I I I can't figure it out. I feel for Rory. I know this is probably eating him up. I imagine he's going to lose some sleep for the next couple of nights. Man, he's just such a he's such a good golf historian and gets his spot in the game. And this is just to not even be around for the weekend is is tough. Yeah. Oh boy. Um, Scotty Scheffler shot his worst round ever at the masters. Now in his defense, this was only his 14th round. So it's not like his hundredth yeah. round, but it was statistically his worst. It was a 75 started with a bogey on one. He got it back at eight. He made a double on nine. Thanks to four putts from 27 feet. And then he bogeyed 18 to low light the card to 75. I've got a lot of thoughts about this Scheffler stuff. Um, Statistic. So he's he's one under par. He's believe it or not, Scotty Scheffler has played horrible golf for two rounds, and he's one under, and he's uh, eleven shots off the lead. Statistically, he is leading the field in strokes gained tee to green. Not everybody's through two rounds, and he is dead last, not even close with the putter. And yeah. it was not just the four jacks on. Whatever that was. Nine. Ten, nine. Oh, yeah, nine. Was it nine? Um, I mean, he he did not sniff making a putt 
through the first two rounds? No, nothing. I mean, nothing. I, 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 we're not even exact, like literally nothing. I'm not even exaggerating. Literally nothing. No, I mean, it, it, what eight, eight was a tap in, right? He, his second shot comes up short of the green. He pitches it up there to, I mean, he almost chipped it in. I feel better about him hitting a pitch shot than I do, uh, than I do hitting a putt. Only problem is he doesn't miss any greens. <laughs> Start right? missing I mean, some greens, Scotty. He's going to miss some greens if he wants to make birdies. It, it's, it's uh it's insane. He gave himself a lot of a lot of opportunities. More so yesterday than today. But yeah, you could yesterday, feel... was, yesterday was an amazing round and he only oh. shot for it. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it was like a it was very comparable to Kepka's round. Very yeah. comparable to Rom's round. Um but he didn't make anything. And I was thinking about it his round yesterday. Uh, and I'm sure that you were too. I mean, this is our model again. Like this is, this is the model. The, the way this goes is on Friday, he hits it really well again. And a couple of pots start to fall yep. and all of a sudden he's leading or near the lead. You know, it wouldn't have been a crazy thing for him to be sitting at eight or nine under right now. It, it, that wouldn't be out of the ordinary for Scotty Scheffler, but um, the frustration was building and I yeah. was, I was reminded of Southern Hills. Mm. That's the only other time I've seen Scotty kind of behave this way. I was going to say, I've never seen him this frustrated. He, he is, he is very animated. Um, he hit it. And there was, there was a shot early in the round when you, when you're, when you're as frustrated as he was early in the round, I think it's, it, it, I mean, you're, you're coming into the day thinking about this stuff. It was the shot that he hit onto four, uh, the par three. He hit a shot that, I mean, it's, what was it? 240 yards today or whatever. Yeah, and it, and, it's, and it, it just catches the, oh, maybe it wasn't four then. Maybe it was six that I'm thinking about. Oh, six. It was six. Six. Rick. Yes. And I saw this live. Yes, it was six. I can't hit a better shot than that. I can't hit a better shot than that. Right. <laughs> He's staring it down. He hits it. I mean, it's it's they've got the, the whole location kind of on that that little hill there, that little crest. And it is, you, you know, six inches from being perfect. It hits the left side of that and rolls, you know, 40 feet away. And and you're just get I've never heard Scotty say that. Right. It was uh it, and it it's in the air, and when it gets to its peak, he's watching it and he's expecting it to fall to the right. And then it doesn't, and he says it's out of the right. Yes, like yes, the wind. he is. He is. <laughs> yes, he's complaining about the wind while it's at its apex. Yes, yes. that was. Um, I, I again, I, I would say he was quite frustrated at Southern Hills, and and again, there are two. These are the two tournaments that stick out because Southern Hills is his favorite golf course. He had just won the Masters. I know he's going into that with really high expectations. And he comes back to the Masters with an opportunity now playing even better than last year. And I'm wondering if he's just put too much into these two events. And that's why you're seeing the frustration when it's not going his way. Well, it is interesting because he generally flies completely under the radar from, you know, at, yeah. compared to previous number one uh, number one players in the world compared to other betting favorites compared to whatever but you're right there was a lot of expectation at southern hills and obviously being the defending champion having the champions dinner all like he obviously feels like there is more weight on his shoulders in these weeks than other weeks and you could you very clearly see it i mean it was it was interesting to see i don't i don't remember as much from southern hills about the frustration but i was i was watching him all day long today going oh my gosh scotty this i i kind of like it but that's yeah. a different story well you know why i was watching him so closely these two events have one thing in common uh i played him in, in one and done both <laughs> times ah the truth <laughs> so i remember it, it, burned. <laughs> it burns me deep yeah, that's funny. Uh, I don't mind it. I just, it's just kind of out of character for him, which is, which is certainly worth noting. And I do think he'll recover um, because he did last year. Yeah. 
Um, all right, let's zoom out a little bit. Hit hit a couple of notables, hit a couple storylines, and we'll figure out if we have an odds board. Josh, let me know in the chat if we have an odds board. Um, the big cat, we've kind of been referencing him a little bit here, uh, Greg, and he is currently through 11 holes. He'll tee it up on, on number 12. Well, that's a heck of a shot early in the morning in the rain just to go straight to 12 and hit that shot. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Nice. I wonder if it'll be... I mean, there's there's no advantage. There's no advantage to that. This is a tough situation for Tiger. Um, the difficulty is beyond the shot at 12, beyond the fact that he's, what, on the cut line? Uh, is he on the cut line? He is technically, yeah. So he's two over par for the event. He is T50 right now. The likely cut is plus two. So he's, he's, he's on it right now and could go to three it'll it'll really the conditions will really determine the cut line tomorrow yeah so but but it if he makes the cut it's a bad scenario it's gonna be 50 degrees and pouring rain that is not good for tiger woods it's not good there's no time to play into the round and and should he make the cut you're talking about uh you're talking about what, what is he going to play 27 tomorrow or 27 Sunday? Or there's going to be some in one of these next two days, he's got to get an extra nine. in. I think, I think he should withdraw right now. You know, it's a, I'm typically not in that camp, but <laughs> I think we've learned something about tiger Rick that supports that case. Um, you know, Kyle's talked about how it's not a linear recovery progression and after genesis and hearing some of joey lacava's comments mm-hmm. um it, the the best example i can come up with for this is like marathon runners don't run marathons in the weeks leading up to their marathon right you prepare right. much less than the actual competition because the actual competition is so damaging to your body that it's it it's not actually making you stronger it it hurts you it takes you back a couple of steps when you're done with it. And then you got to build back up again. And that's what playing a four round tournament is like for tiger. It takes him back. It takes him back steps significantly. And then he's got to build his way back into it. Um, so I don't think he will withdraw. I, I think he'll play at least the remaining holes of round two tomorrow. Yeah. And then if he, if he makes a cut, he may have a decision to make. No, I don't think you, I don't think he will withdraw either but like does tiger care about finishing t42 at the masters like i generally think no not right no but i do think making the cut and yes. preserving the the streak uh the streak is very uh, cool and valuable and I it agree. would be amazing but i way. agree i just worry about playing 27 holes in the freezing rain tomorrow yeah but it maybe he only plays eight, you know eight holes or whatever, 12, 12, so, so seven holes. Play, play seven, make the cut, keep your streak alive, and then go home. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That's fair. Listen, I, I, it's not, I don't think it's the worst idea. Like long term, let's think long term here. I don't think it's the worst idea. No, it's going to, it, it just, it, he's, he's done a lot of damage already. Right. And if, if 83 is the real objective, and I don't know that it is. I know it's nice to say that, but um, but is Tiger really thinking that's a possibility? Is he really working towards that? If he is playing in that stuff tomorrow, that for 27 holes essentially is not the best idea, in my opinion. All right, let me open up this conversation. I mean, it's an absolutely stacked leaderboard. It's it's phenomenal stuff. Colin Morikawa is six shots off the lead. He's at six under. He's only three shots out of second place right now. Jason Day made a mess uh, coming in, but he's he's five under with Sam Burns and Jordan Spieth and Cam Young. I mean, it's absolutely stacked. A um, couple of notables here. A couple of T10. I see Joaquin Neiman lurking. He's been pretty reliant on the putter. I see Phil Mickelson Carding two under par rounds, 71 69. Uh, he made a double on six, but offset that with five birdies on Friday. This is by far the best golf Phil Mickelson has played anywhere in the world in at least a year. This is uh, what Augusta National can do, right? It brings your 
it, it brings something to light for some players. And it's that there's so much shape to these fairways. There's so much creativity that's demanded and it brings out the best in Phil that he's able to hit it out of the fair off the fairway and recover. Like we saw at number two yesterday, uh, that was kind of a crazy scene. Um, so look, this is the, Phil's the kind of player that I wouldn't be surprised if he did things like Fred couples was doing right really late into his career showing up on leaderboards here. It's no surprise. It's a golf course that brings out the best in Phil. It's like he was made for it. Um, and I, I just, I watch Phil and the state of his game coming in and his performance here. And I watch Rory, the state of his game coming in and his performance here and I'm just befuddled. Uh, and I just want to know what Phil knows that Rory doesn't. What does Fred Couples know that Rory doesn't uh, about this golf course? It's it, it, it's something special. It's something special. Befuddled is a very uh, a very good word. That's the word of the day. Um, <laughs> what is the best shot that you have seen so far this week? I will nominate... Uh, Cam Smith out of the fairway bunker at eight uh, from 264 yards to eight feet. And then he rolls it in for Eagle to get back to uh, even par for the championship. That that's, it also was just like, it just happened before the break. So I remember yeah. it, but that, uh, that's gotta be near the top of the list. I, it, it is. Um, and I thought else. about that when I saw the shot too, is that the shot of the week so far? <laughs> uh, definitely one of them. Um, I would say, uh, Victor Hovland shot at 10 yesterday. Oh, from He's, Greenside. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That had to be one. That was good. Um, Actually. And then in the, I think it was the group right after that JT was in that bunker and somehow like he, he couldn't, if he was a millimeter short of where he landed that shot out of the bunker, it yeah. would have been disaster. I mean, I can't believe the risk that he took on and pulled it off. Oh, it's, uh, it's amazing. But again, I go back to, I think, I think right now the conditions are just, they've been just soft enough to where you can get in some of those spots and kind of get away with it where when it's firm and fast, you can land it in the same spot, but it's, it's gone. So anyway, I I would put Victor shot in there too. I'm sure there are some other ones. I've saw some, I've watched so many shots this week. I've seen so many sweet shots. Yeah. Um, but those are the two that stand out as being really special. So, I, I mean, just bigger picture here. I think we're going to get, um, I think Saturday is going to be pretty chaotic, Greg, you know, with, with, with so many holes and potentially really difficult conditions. And if Brooks Kepka wants to come back to the field at all, or maybe he'll just run away with it. I don't know, but there, I think there's still a lot of guys in it. Um, you know, we didn't even talk about Patrick Reed, who's in the midst of a good round. We haven't talked about Hideki Matsuyama, who's two under through three and kind of lurking a little bit. Um, I mean, is there anybody else that you think is worth kind of mentioning here before we look at the odds board? Um, well, I mean, Jordan is, is stands out like a sore thumb, right? Yeah. Sitting like five under par. And he's done. And he's done. Uh, so He's a really interesting case. And again, I, I don't let's just look at the second place score. I'm not going to call it the real lead because Kepka is very <laughs> four major championships. I don't think you're allowed to do that. No, he's he's very worthy of that conversation. But we know how professional golf goes. Uh, and it and and so if Kepka does decide to come back to the field, the guys at five under are three back of of an amateur. Uh, and John Rahm is at nine, I know, but still has nine holes to go in brutal conditions. Yeah. Um, so I'm using eight as a number. Everybody at five under, I mean, you, you, you're three back at that point. And very, mu- very much in the mix. Because there's not that many players in front of you. You got Rahm at, Rahm at nine, Bennett at eight, Morikawa at six, and Hovland at six. So you got four, you got five guys in front of you if you're um if if you're at five under and yeah Jor- jordan catches my attention because he has a knack for playing really good rounds on sunday especially when he seems like he's out of it uh and and he should be 
at at the very least, he should be seven under in he's, this event. He's left he's left three shots out there via unlucky slash like bad play, and he's left three out there from just like stupid decisions. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and then there's just been, you know, I I want this is the thing I made this in my notes. I just want to pay attention to this with Jordan. Um, he's had this tendency of leaving putt short this week. And as I was watching his rounds the last two days, I noticed uh, some better speed for the most part. I also noticed, and we talked about this when Patrick uh, pointed out his posture and how different it looks, which it is very different. Uh, but when we were talking about that, I had noticed his forward press kind of uh, shrink. And it looks like this week it's back. But every once in a while, he shorts that forward press. It's like he doesn't fully commit to it. It doesn't go all the way forward. And he leaves the putt short. That's when you see those timid putts. Like today at number 11 and at number 16, he hit these great iron shots in there. Yeah. Uh, and and le- hits these timid putts. The forward press is reduced on those, on both of those. So yeah. I'll be watching that. The the putt I just watched the putty hit at eleven, which is like like a twelve footer, which is so weak. And yeah. he left it in the perfect spot. Right. You can't draw it up any better. And watch sixteen. It's weak. All right, I'll watch sixteen. I love the oh my god, this is even shorter. This is like eight feet. Yeah, he stuffed it in there. Oh my god. He he was up and out of it in his backswing. Yes. But he doesn't he doesn't forward press as much and then he leaves it short and it looks so timid and he backs out of it. It's like the there's something that gets off in the routine. Uh and and that is a sign to me that he's not fully committed. Um, but it's also a sign that it's gonna come up short, what you're about to see. So if you get that face on view, notice that forward press when it's aggressive and it goes forward, he gets it to the hole. He hits some really good putts. There you go. Keep an eye out on that for tomorrow. Quickly, Josh, do we have the odds board? Yeah, here we go. Okay, Brooks Kapka nearing even money to win the 2023 Masters plus 118. Currently, three shots clear. John Rahm plus 175. And <laughs> two-horse race because the next shortest odds are Victor Hovland, six back, currently out on the golf course. He's still got... Uh, eight holes to play at 18 to one cam young at 20 Colin at 20 Jordan speed at 25 Sam Bennett 30 to one J day 35 and then nobody else within 50. So books are looking at the big boppers at the top. This is yeah. And I get it. This, this is really tough to come up with a, a long shot here. Cause you're basically, it's really thinned out in my opinion. Cause I, I can't, put anything on John Rahm right now. No. Right. How, and, and regardless of the number, how can you put something on, um, on Cam Young, who's got nine holes and I love Cam Young, but you look at what he has ahead of him tomorrow for that nine holes. I, I mean, I, I don't see how you can take that chance. I, I they, think those guys are going to get smashed tomorrow morning. I, yeah, I do too. And you, you know, another thing to consider, Rick, it's going to rain all night. And they did not play preferred lies today. So right. you're talking mud balls all over the place. Mud ball. And you're talking, uh, I mean, receptive golf courses are easier, but there's a big difference playing when it's raining and playing after it rains. Uh, this, this is going to be a challenge. So the only guys at that point that you can really look at would be uh, Kepka. You're not putting anything on him at that number. Nope. Uh, Bennett. Nope. Are you going to go with an amateur right now? No. Morikawa. Nope. Day. Now, now you start getting to Day Burns and Spieth. Those guys are. They just. It feels like they're a little too far back. I don't mind. I don't mind. I think Collins. I think Colin could have. I think Collins gonna have a good week. I don't. I don't mind that. I think. I think if you had. I don't want to bet any of these. I think if you had to bet one, I would bet Spieth at twenty-five to one. Because he yeah. might just snap off and get on one of those speed runs. I think he's left a couple of strokes out there, uh, uh, more than a couple of strokes out there, similar to some of the guys at the top. 
if any if any of those guys not named John Rom are going to win, it's because Brooks is going to have to come back to the field. If Brooks comes back to the field, I think a lot of guys are beneficiaries, and I think that Spieth is one of them. Yeah, I I'm fine with that, and I I don't mind Morikawa. He had some real he he had some really nice uh, short game shots today. I mean that 69 was not the ball strikers you know, typical Colin Morikawa 69. He kind of scrambled today. Um, and I, I'm not sure if that's a good thing or a bad. I'm not saying that he hit it poorly, um, but, it, you know, it didn't look like the, okay, here comes a Morikawa run. He's really getting hot, dialed in with the iron play. I, I think he kind of scrapped out a really good round. So maybe that's a good sign. I, I don't know, but, but this feels like a, Tomorrow feels like a day for matchups, not any of this. Hmm, there you go. Now we're cooking. Well, get your rain boots ready. It's probably going to be a sloppy one. Um, hunker down. You might be going in and out of, you know, breaks. And, uh, hey, we're going to, you know, take them up, blow the horn. Okay, we're coming back. So get ready for all that fun stuff. And when, Greg, when the day finally comes to an end, which we have no idea when it'll be or how much golf will be played, you know what will happen? We'll be here to yes. warm, to warm their hearts and dry their little hands off. Yes, we will be here. Uh, you can count on that. Whether it's at, well, I'm not going to speak for you on time. I was going to say whether it's at eight o'clock in the morning or at eight o'clock at night, we'll, we'll be here. Uh, we'll be ready. We'll be here for you. That's our, that's our new motto <laughs> at the first cut podcast. We'll, we'll leave the pod, we'll leave the mics on oh. for you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, Big thanks, producer Josh does all the hard work behind the scenes. Greg Ducharme rocking with me tonight can be found on Twitter at the real GFD. And you can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut. We'll catch you next time.